Test one, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. That thing is uh, off. Sorry. What's wrong? One, two. You're looking for ish? One, one, one. Check, check. My check. My check. Andrew, can you hear me? Andrew, is it loud enough? Two, one, two. Is it good? Just give me a little bit more because I'm you leading the first song. One, two, one, two. Yeah. Just You're so going to be our cheerleader. Raise okay. up the Hallelujah. gain. <laughs> the gain for this number, I don't know when. It might be number three. One, two, one, two. That's a little better. Is that still off? Right there, it's fine. Lord. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Father. We just thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord, that we're able to come into your presence. Right now, let's just raise our hands before Jesus right now. Let's just start welcoming the Holy Ghost into this place. God, we're so excited, God. We're so excited that you're alive. We're so excited that we serve a God that is here and present, that loves us. Holy Spirit, we want to have a great time with you this morning. We want to hear you. We want to bless your name. Come on, can you put your hands together like this? There you go. If you're out in the hallways, we welcome you to come into this sanctuary. We're going to spend some time with Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I want to welcome you guys to come up to the front. We're going to sing this song about the Holy Ghost. We're going to have a good time. Let's just make our way up to the front right now. There you go, ladies. Come on, make your way up here. Hallelujah. The Lord is here, the body's time for Holy Ghost party.
for your blessings, for your faithfulness. Oh, let's start singing this song about his love. Loves us.
redemption by the grace in his eye. If grace is an ocean, we'll all sing. Come on, God, we want to sing, Lord. And heaven meets earth like sloppy wet kiss, and my heart turns violently inside of my chest. singing that let's believe it right now he loves me he loves right where you're at sing it to jesus i believe you're coming lord jesus you're coming with your love
your love fill this place, Lord God. Come on, in your own words, just say, Jesus, fill me with your love. Just say, God, show me your love right now where I'm standing, where I'm sitting, Jesus. Come on, just tell them in your own words this morning. I want your love. God, I want to feel your love this morning. Jesus. Jesus, we believe, God. God, your word says, oh God, that we can't please you without faith. And right now, let's start having faith in this place that Jesus is here. Come on, the Bible promises that when we gather together, that he is in the midst of us, that when we praise him, he inhabits that praise. So right now, let's put our glasses right now of faith right now. Let's put our glasses of faith and let's start seeing what's unseen. Let's start trusting in what we can't see right now. Come on, if you have a little bit of faith, just a little small seed of faith, that's enough. That's enough for God to move in your life right now. Come on, right now, raise your hands as a sign of faith and say, God, you're here. You're here, Jesus. I want to see you. I want to touch you in this place, God. A little bit of faith, the little bit that you have. Come on, let's close our eyes and lift our hearts up to him. And say, I believe. I believe, Jesus. I believe in you, God. I believe you're here. I believe you're moving in this place, God. I believe your love is real. I believe your love is real, Jesus. I believe it. I believe it, Lord. I believe you're moving this room, Jesus. We believe in the Holy Spirit in this place. And right now, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, want to, your hands now and say, fill me. Oh God, Jesus, Jesus. Oh God, we want your Holy Spirit in this place. Come on, a couple more moments, a couple more moments. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, we believe you're here. shouldn't even be alive, oh God, including myself, oh God, but it was because of your mercy. It's because of your love, God. If anybody in this room is doubting the love of Jesus, I declare love right now to be felt in your heart, that whatever hardness you have, whatever anger you brought in, maybe against God or against things right now, I believe that it's melting in the love of Jesus. All over this room, this room, the love of God, I declare, is melting every heart and heart in Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you for your love, God. You're all I need. You're everything. Jesus, you are enough for me. 
today. Jesus, yes you are. Let's believe it. Yes, you're everything to us, God. You are. Come on, just a few more times. Declare it today. You're all that I need today. I find my hope in you. One more time, let's shout it out. Just in your own words, would you tell Jesus that you love him right now? Just a few more moments in his presence. We're so thankful that you're here today. But let me share something with you. You need Jesus more than you need anything else in this service right now. (laughs) You need Jesus more than anything else. I just want to make room for Jesus right now. Let him touch your heart today. Confess with your mouth whatever your need is. I need my family restored. I need his blessings. I need salvation. Just you and the Lord. Come on, just a few more moments. Just one moment with you, God. It's all that I need. And I just want to be closer to you, God. I want to draw near to you my heart with your heart oh god let's have a heart to heart god just you and me we believe in the gifts of the spirit here won't you be released oh god won't you have your way speak your word to our hearts jesus As you're hearing God's word for you, if he gives you a word for this congregation today, just let him use you. We believe that God is speaking today. Hallelujah. Jesus. Let's hear that word today. Jesus is saying he loves you more than you could ever imagine. If you're here today and you need the love of God to be reaffirmed to you, just say that word for me and just raise your hands and receive it. Oh, God, affirm your love to us today, God, as if it was the first time that I met you, as if I never knew you before, God. The Bible speaks about a first love. God, I never want to lose my admiration, God, my head over heels infatuation with you. Hallelujah. Anyone else today? A word from the throne of God.
that's a powerful word for someone here today. Seeing, uh, you know, not seeing God, and they and they say, I need to see it to believe it. God is saying, draw near to him right now, and he will draw near to you and open your eyes. Come on, just draw near to him if that's you. We're not a, a people of nonsense. We're not a people of make-believe. God is rooted and grounded in truth, but this truth is not seen with human eyes. You will see it one day, my friends, but then it will be too late. But right now, with the heart of faith, like a child, just say, God, speak to me. Deep cries out to deep. Down deep in your soul, God knows who you are. Open the gates of your soul and let the King of glory come in. And for those of us who already know him, just welcome him even more right now. Come on, let us just seek the Lord while he may be found. Let us be in his presence right now. Oh, God, you keep your word, Lord. Show us your glory, God. Open the eyes of our heart. Open the heart of our understanding. That God, we may see what no eyes have seen and hear what no ears have heard. The glory of your majesty. That is more real than the things we see on this earth. Because the things we see here will soon pass away. But the things that are unseen will remain forever. There's a kingdom that's coming to this world, friend. Whose maker is God. You can be a part of that kingdom. If that word was for you, just a few more moments. Let God know your heart. He'll open it wide today. If you let him in. Hallelujah. One more time, you're all that I need. Jesus, could we just sing this one last time? You're everything to me, Jesus. Yes, you are. You're all I need, you're everything, Jesus, you are enough for me. Today, Lord, I ask you to bless the rest of this service. We thank you for our friends that are here. We pray that everybody will meet you as their best friend today, and those who already know you will get to know you more, Lord. Bless this time that we have together. In Jesus' name, and can everybody say amen? Amen. Can we bless the Lord? Just tell him thank you. God bless you. Would you shake somebody's hand now? We're going to put on a cool video. We want you to hang out today. It's a special day in our church. Would you just get out of your comfort zone and just meet some people? Just hang out. Go, go out of your way, out of another section right now, and just shake somebody's hand from the back to the front. Andrew, would you put that up for me, please, so we can all hear it? Thank you. Come on, welcome somebody here today. God bless you.
Amen. You can start making way back to your seat. Thank you guys for greeting one another. So awesome to see everybody here today in the presence of the Lord. All right, come on. Well, we just want to welcome you to Metro Praise, where we love love. Does anybody else here love love? Amen. You love being loved. We are just so glad that you're here today. This is our second service at 11 a.m. We're doing a special thing today, Bring a Friend Day. So we just want to welcome all of our friends. Can we just give a hand clap for all of our friends that came? Amen. We're glad that you're here. We're not going to embarrass you and have you stand up and sing how great, thou art, how great Thou Art in the key of C minor. We're not going to have you do that today. But what we'd like for you to do is just go to the back because everybody today, we're just going to give a free gift of candy. Do adults still like candy? Young adults, come on. Amen. So we're going to give everybody just some candy today to tell you thank you for coming. And then uh, if this is your first time here, go to the back and we're going to give you a big box of candy. Amen. Because this is like to tell you how awesome you are. And when you're munching on that candy, hopefully you'll remember how sweet Jesus is and how cool this church is. So we're so glad you're here. Spring of Friend Day, very special time here. Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. Every Wednesday we have prayer meetings and Bible study here at the church as well as Royal Rangers and Impact, which is basically Girls and Boys Club on Wednesday. And then Elevate. Come on, teenagers, every Friday at 730, uh, doing great things for God. Adam, you all did a great outreach uh, last uh, Friday, the one that just passed. Tell us how it went, man. This past Friday we had a, it was called E-Games, and we wanted to do something like a costume party mixed with games. So the whole entire night the youth were playing games. Uh, we were doing stuff outside, indoors, and at the end we finished it off with pizza, and it was just a blessing. We had new visitors coming out telling us, like, man, I didn't know a church does this. You guys play games and have fun. You talk about God. That's so cool. So really encouraged by that, and hopefully, you know, keep on plugging away every week. So, Amen. Everybody go, that's so cool. Okay, right on. So it's so cool to be at church because, yeah, we do stuff like that. So make sure the young people keep coming out and invite uh, your other young friends. And this is our vision. Can everybody say loving God, loving people? Thank you. Our vision is the vision of Christ, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's been our passion for almost seven years now, and we're going to keep that passion, to do it with everything within us. So can everybody just say, I love God? And then can you look at your neighbor and say, I love you so very, very much? Amen. So we welcome you here today to love God and love people with us. And we have a strategy. Can everybody go strategy? Thank you. Our strategy is to connect everybody to the cross of Jesus Christ. We want you to know Jesus personally, to plug in. Can you just touch your neighbor right now and just go zap? Okay, come on. We want you to get the electricity of God in your life. Connect to the cross like a plug into a light socket. And as you do, we have life groups, seven adults and three youth life groups that meet throughout the week. Is anybody excited about life groups? Come on. So life groups every week is a place for you to connect. It's a home Bible study time of fellowship at someone's house, and you get to just share your heart. You can lay back and be cool. It's just a real comfortable place with friends to join every week and be a part of the church and get connected. And while you're there, one of the life group leaders wants to take you through a seven-step book of spiritual growth. Everybody say spiritual growth. Thank you. We take your spiritual growth very serious here, and we want you to grow in your faith. So when you go to that life group, you can simply say, hey, can I start this with you? And with the life group leader, men with men, women with women, one-on-one, you can begin to develop in your spiritual growth. And then when you graduate from that, you can go into the mentoring class. Can everybody say mentor? 
thank you. It meets Sunday mornings, and we have a lot of students right now. Our church is always growing and going forward with the Lord. We thank God for that. We have more disciples than we've ever had before. Yesterday was our staff meeting, and now we have over 35 elders and deacons. Can we say amen? Praise God. We are a church that's built on discipleship. We have tied ourselves to the vision of discipling and changing the world through the teachings of Jesus Christ. And so the mentoring time is a very serious time that we open it up on on Sundays as a Sunday school. Any 201 students here in the second service? Come on, a lot of them go to the first service. They were were louder than that in the first service. But you guys, they're awesome. Everybody just go, awesome. Thank you. So you guys are awesome. And uh, and just in case you didn't know that, you forgot. But this is just a way to grow in your faith. So our heart is to connect you to the cross, to mentor you and raise up. And everybody go send. Thank you then to send you out to change the world. Some things that we're doing right now that we're really excited about is Adopt-A-Block on Saturdays to the West Side Urban Ministry, Youth Ministry on Fridays, reaching out during the week to the high schools. I think one of you guys had a hot dog party in front of your house for, for the youth. Was that you? Come on, can we give it up for a hot dog party in front of her house? Come on. Just creative things. Other things that we do is we have, you know, after-school programs. We know why a church can do all this ministry. Nine times during the week, evangelism going on, preaching the gospel is because people have connected. They've been mentored. Now they can be sent out. We have a goal of 100,000 disciples in this city. I started off with no gray hair. Already this is what it's taken. So by the time we get there, the hair will be gone. But I'll be in the glory. Amen. So it's worth it. So we only got about 99,000 some odd people left to go. And then 50 churches here in the city. We've started our second Wicker Park on Tuesdays. God is showing up and blowing up. Amen. And then 500 churches around the world. And we already have 204 different nations. If you believe we can do it somebody say let's do it amen god bless you so you have been a part of it you just joined a church today that wants to change the world and uh, we want to do a new series for november so we want you guys to get excited you're here today thank you so much and we want you to invite your friends next month because it's going to be a great time uh, to be a part of our series and uh, andrew's going to play this video on the end times and as he gets ready can everybody just go ooh Amen, Andrew. Metro Praise would like to invite you to our new series, The End Times. For the whole month of November, we're going to be tackling the biggest issues of the end times. Signs of the times, end time events, the Antichrist, Jesus' second coming. Are you ready? Join us Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. at the Irving Park campus. Jesus Christ is coming back. Prepare the way of the Lord. His soon and coming return is imminent. Come on, how many ready for that? Get you on the first train to glory. (laughs) Floating away. And when you do it, you got to do it like that, okay? So when you get caught in the rapture, if you don't know what the rapture is, that's okay. Just smile anyway. But when you get caught in the rapture, you got to fling back your arms like that, okay? So it's going to be awesome. We got so many flyers for this. We're going to give them to you next week just to invite your friends this whole month for the end time. Seven years, never did an end time series. I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, You know, we're in the end times. And and let me just share this with you. We're not in the last days. We are in the last moments of the last hour of the last day. Are you listening? We're at the end, my friends. 2,000 years ago started 
the last days, 2,000 years ago. So just imagine where we are right now. Everything you see on the Middle East is supposed to focus you there. God is allowing this to happen, to focus you on Israel so we can pray for them and know that this is the, uh, the hourglass, the sand going down. The more volatile it gets over there, the closer we know Jesus Christ is coming. Amen? And out of all the signs, let me just give you a little head start right here. Out of all the signs, there's only one major one that's been waiting to be fulfilled, hasn't been yet, and that is the gospel to every nation. Amen? And so that's what we're waiting to get done. So become a gospel preacher and teacher. Somebody say, let's do it. Amen. So come on out to the end times and hear uh, the series and hear all the great things God is doing and just get with us. Uh, and also Wednesday, we got a healing service. So come on out, bring sick, uh, oppressed, anybody that just needs a touch from God. This Wednesday is going to be a special night. Uh, Pastor Eddie Berto, one of our Bible college students, will be preaching. Can we just give him a hand clap? Amen. He works hard for the Lord. Come on out, reach out and touch God. Uh, as we get ready to prepare our tithes and offerings, I just want to thank everybody for helping make Metro Praise what it is today. Uh, whether it's the gifts we're giving out to our teenagers on uh, Friday night, uh, all the games, the pizza free, or whether it's our two vans that run in our services, or anything we do is always done for free, and it's done because of people like yourself sowing seed and believing in the ministry. We believe in everyone tithing and being a tither. Can everybody say a tither? Amen. I believe in give day like I believe in payday. Is anybody happy it's give day? Amen. Now, come on. God's going to watch you right now. If you didn't get happy like that for payday, you'd be a little, come on, little, come on. How many like give day? Amen. How many like, how many would like win the lottery day? <laughs> you know, God has taught us not to love finances and to sow and invest in the kingdom of God. Can I just share with you how we do that? We tithe 10% of our total income going to the Lord. You know what it means? is I'm breaking the heart of greed off my life every time I do that because that means God gets the first. The second thing that I'm doing is I'm showing God that I believe what he said because he said store up your treasures in heaven because where your heart is, there is your treasure. So when we're giving that tithe, we're saying, God, we're preparing for that day we'll be with you for eternity. And then the third thing, he said down here, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. We can change your world through our gifts down here. We're blessed to be a blessing. We can take honor in what God is using this church to do and the churches that we support around the world. And so when you give, we thank you for that. And when you write out checks to Metro Praise, I appreciate that. You can do it before and after our services by dropping it off in the box or online at metropraise.org. But let me just share with you, at this time, when you give your tithe, we ask you to also to sow a seed of offering because we moved in this building a year ago by faith, put up the nice lights, and we've been growing ever since we've been here. And we still need help to pay off some of those things. So when you give extra beyond your tithe in that offering circle building, you know what it's going to. And can then I tell you what's my favorite offering? It's the mission offering. Right now, as I said, we're in four nations, Nepal, India, North and South India, Nigeria, and we're in Pakistan. And when you circle missions, 100% of it goes to missions. We heard, we're hearing right now Pakistan is suffering persecution. They seized the bank account of our apostle with the 70 churches there. They're starting to release it now, but there was some confusion there for a moment, and we had to give him extra. In India right now, we're preparing to start a Bible college that's fully accredited with the Bible college that we have here that's based out of California with the Assemblies of God. And all of this is because of what you all do. And I just want to thank you for that, for those of you who have been faithful. From the very first service, we've always given to missions. And we take pride in that because God is using us to change the world. Amen. So thank you. Would we all stand up together now and prepare our hearts to give? As we get ready to pray, I'm going to ask that uh, Ricardo Rivera.
uh, one of Chicago's finest and our deacon uh, and elder here, would just pray for us and ask that God would bless as we give today. Ricky, would you pray for us, please? Thank you, Lord. You are a good God, my God. You are a provider. You are a healer. You are everything, my God. You are more than enough, oh, Father God. And, Lord, we just thank you for all the provisions you've given us, God, that you've given this church, that you've given us, my God, personally, Lord. We thank you for the things we take for granted, the air we breathe, God, the clothes on our backs, Lord, roof over our head, Lord, food in our stomach. Thank you, God. You have provided, God. You have blessed us, Lord. And we just ask that you will continue to provide for your church, provide for your people, God. Meet our needs, God. You know the things that we lack, my God. We ask you that, Lord, you would meet it, Lord, that you will bless us to be a blessing. You will give us more so that we can give more into your kingdom, Lord. Use us. Use our resources. Use our talents. Use the things you've given us, God, to build your kingdom to bless your name, my God, so that souls come to your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we all say Paul's confession on the count of three? One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Will you come rejoicing as you come forward today? Thank you so much. God bless you as you give. Thank you so much for uh, your gifts and coming today. I'm very excited about today because it's Bring a Friend Day. And our theme today is Jesus is my best friend. And we're hoping that today by the end of this service that Jesus is not your best friend. He will be. How many already have Jesus as their best friend? Amen. We love Jesus up in the house. Come on. How many were hanging out with Jesus last night? Amen. Praise God. One of the greatest things that I get to do as a pastor is I get to hear people's heart as they come to these altars and get their lives transformed. I get to, to witness transformations right in front of me week after week. I get to see uh, the caterpillar become a butterfly. And, you know, beautiful life transformation. And what we want to do for this special presentation today, you know, we've done plays and different things. Not to say we won't do that, but today I think there's something more valuable than any production we could ever put on, and that is the testimonies of grace from fellow believers in this congregation, people who have experienced the love and the power of God. I don't have to dress up like the devil to scare the hell out of you today. You're going to hear some real life stories and situations that have come into people's lives, and yet God brought them through those nightmares. And as you hear these words today, I pray that they would encourage you, and then we'll have a time of prayer at the end. So let's get started. I'm going to ask that Andrew and Lauren Sienski would start us off today. Uh, Lauren is the one that I've asked to testify because she touched my heart as a single mom who was brought up in the church and she made some bad decisions and, you know, this resulted in making her life a little bit harder on her and there was a time that she felt lonely and afraid but God blessed her and now she is married and they have a beautiful family. And the scripture that comes to my heart for Andrew and Lauren, is specifically Lauren, is Psalm 68, 5 through 6. That God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. God is in his holy dwelling. And verse 6, hear this promise. God sets the lonely in families. 
Will you share about this, Lauren? Well, Jesus is my best friend because I was a single mother, but now I have a blessed family and a wonderful purpose. I grew up, like Pastor Joe said, in the church. I knew I knew right from wrong. I knew Jesus, um, but my mom died when I was five years old, and she was really the woman of God in our lives. And from that point on, my dad, you know, really backslid. He was very angry with God, so we stopped going to church, and um, he still put me in a Christian school, so I still knew it. I still felt God. I heard his voice. I knew what what was required of me to be a Christian, and um, I just made a lot of bad choices. You know, I was a girl that got involved in a lot of drugs, um, you know, and, and there was just so many things in my life that, that were just going so wrong, just a, just a downward spiral, you know, and um, I was always coming back to the church, in and out, in and out. People saw me, then they didn't, then they saw me, and they didn't, and I just couldn't make up my mind. I was so indecisive, but when I got pregnant with Olivia, my daughter, I felt so hopeless. I felt like my life was over. I wanted to kill myself. I, I felt, you know, I, I felt suicides come on to me because I was ashamed. I was ashamed to my father. I was ashamed to the Christians that were pouring into my life. And, you know, I knew people always thought in their head, well, she's, she's going to end up pregnant one day, you know. And, and I just fulfilled everything that people ever said of me. But I thought I had no purpose, but God had another plan. He had a purpose for my life. And it wasn't until I surrendered and I became obedient to the call of God on my life and obedient to his word that he turned my life around. And it wasn't instantly, but as I continued to be faithful and obedient, God brought me a wonderful husband. And now my daughter is raised with a mommy and a daddy. And she doesn't have confusion. And now my family is blessed. And that is why Jesus is my best friend, and he can be yours today too. Praise the Lord. Isn't that such a wonderful testimony? You know, so often we see the mistakes that we make in the days of our youth as something that will define us the rest of our life. But yet Jesus didn't leave her. Jesus was her friend. Jesus was with her even during those times she made those mistakes. And God kept his promise to her. And now after all of those years, he has her in his perfect will. How much more can he do that with you today? Maybe there's past mistakes, things you regret, you wish you never did. And today you're hoping for a change. Don't give up. God is with you today. He is your best friend. And your miracle is just around the corner. Amen? You know, God doesn't bribe us. A lot of times we think God's going to bribe us. When she came to the altar that day to get right with God and to start her life over again, he didn't say, come on up, come on up. If you want a husband, here's a husband. Andrew is a fine-looking husband. He comes with a warranty. You know, he doesn't, you know, God doesn't do the prices right. I want it. You know, no, God says, come and die. God says, come and lay your life down so that I can raise it up new. But let me tell you, when God takes the way the old and gives the new, you never want that old junk anyway. I never have looked back saying, oh, I wish I had that. No, when I got the life of Christ as well, I can relate to her. But there's nothing like it. Amen? I'm going to ask our next testimony to come with Tina. Tina has one of the, the, the strongest testimonies of God's forgiveness. We know that in God's way of thinking, in God's economy, there is not big sins and little sins, but all sin is a transgression against God's perfect law. But yet there are things that God says are abominations, things that God is angry with. And one of them is the death of children, infanticide. And in our country, we have killed over 40 million children 
at the hands of legalizing abortion. And we were talking about this great tragedy a few weeks ago as we were preparing to sow seed into Karis Ministry, which does ultrasounds and help for those that are pregnant so they do not have to get an abortion. And Tina felt so led to come and to help and to really share her heart. And while she was there, she shared with us that she had also had an abortion in her life and that she wanted to share with others that God forgave her of that sin and God washed away her guilt. Isaiah 118 is a scripture that comes to my mind when I think of Tina. The Lord speaking, he says, come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, that means they're stained on your soul, like like a marker or a grape juice stain. Though your heart is so stained, it shall be white as snow. And though your heart is red like crimson, shall be white like wool. I want you to hear Tina's story. Um, When I was 19 years old, I had a daughter already. Um... By the time she was 10 months old, I was pregnant again from a different father, just a baby, and I didn't know what to do. I thought I was, like, just done. I mean, you're pregnant again. Your baby's barely 10 months. You're pregnant from another man. You just don't know what to do. Um, the guidance I had was you have to abort. You don't, there's no way out. You're not going to be able to work. You're not working now. You can barely take care of the child you have. I, I couldn't even love the child I had because I didn't even know how to love myself. Um, so I just thought, what do I do now? What, what do I do? And the guidance I got was, you know, just go into boredom. That's the only way out. That's the only way. You know, how are you going to support this child? And you don't even have a job. You don't have your own home. The father of this child's not even there. So, you know, if the child you already have is not there and this one's not going to be there, so what are you going to do now? And so I was led to a place where, you know, you go and you abort your child. And I was, as I was walking in, I was saying, you know, God, I didn't know God like I know him now. But I knew there was a God. I knew there was a creator of the world. And I said to myself, you know, I said to God, I said, you know, forgive me. I know this is completely against your, your will. Um, so just forgive me. I, I don't know what else to do. I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. So as I was going in, I told the doctors, you know, I don't want any medication. Because they give you this numbing medication that, like, kind of numbs your body so you don't feel the pain. And I said, I don't want any of that. I said, I want to feel every single bit of pain I can possibly feel because I know that what I am doing is completely wrong. It is against God's will. But it's more like just morally wrong. So um, as I was in the, in the room getting ready for the abortion, the lady says, you want to know what you're having? And I said, well, what's the point? I'm killing him. So as I'm, he started with the procedure, you know, the, the machine just comes on and you just hear these noises and I just start screaming. God, forgive me. God, forgive me for what I am about to do. Please, if you punish me for the rest of my life, that's fine. I will never have children. Please forgive me. I don't know what to do. And the doctor says to me, ma'am, you can't yell like that. You cannot yell like that right now. And I said, I don't care how loud I'm yelling. I don't care who hears me. I want everybody that's there to hear me because they shouldn't be doing this. This is completely wrong. And at that time, I felt like, you know, God forgave me. I felt peace because I knew I don't know what I knew, you know. Now I know that at that moment, it wasn't the pain I was feeling on my physical body. It was the pain of my soul crying out to God for forgiveness, saying, please forgive me for what I did. And now that I've come this, you know, to know God and to have a relationship with Jesus, I know that at that moment he was there with me and he forgave me. And that just showed me the grace of God, how he is forgiving and he loves us all so much that he is there with us even when we don't know who he is or that he's even there with us. 
I mean, can you imagine that? The mistake, the sin, not only that Tina is sharing, but the mistakes and sins that we have all made. The Bible says if you're angry at your brother and you curse him, it is like the sin of murder. You lust in your heart towards another, it's like the sin of adultery. The Bible says that you think that you're not sinning when a preacher is preaching to you. You have the sin of pride. And yet we make our excuses for sin because we say, oh, they're not as, as awful as what Tina was doing. But you know what? The Bible says, to who has been forgiven of much can loveth much. And so today from her testimony, we see that Jesus can forgive even that hideous sin. How much more could he forgive your sins? Take off the mask. If there are sins in your life and the Lord has directed his, his spirit towards those sins and you feel the conviction today, repent of those sins. Get your life right with God. Because a woman who had an abortion is forgiven and will be in heaven. And you may think you're better than her, but the lies and the thieving and the adulteress of the heart, you will go to hell, my friend, if you do not repent. Sometimes people say to me, how can Jesus forgive murderers? How can Jesus forgive the worst among us? Because, my friends, we have no idea of the great holiness of God or the great compassion of God. We differentiate, differentiate our sins in categories. But do you know what kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden? It wasn't murder. It wasn't rape. It was disobedient to not eat a tree from a tree fruit. They, they went to the wrong part of the vegetable stand, of the fruit stand. Why? Because God is serious when he says, thou shall not. He means it. And so can we all admit today our sin before God and be forgiven? Because the good news is, Jesus is a friend of sinners. Jesus is a friend of sinners. I'm going to ask that Jared would have come forward. Uh, Jared is going to share his testimony with Sue Ellen, his wife. Jared came to our church, and uh, he was wearing a trench coat. And uh, in the middle of our service, he got up, and he started pacing in the back. And I said, oh, here we go. We got a code red. Uh, we got a situation here. I was hoping that maybe Ricky could uh, could apprehend him because, you know, Columbine was maybe in my mind or something. He was just pacing back and forth. You know, you know I didn't know what was going on. And, uh, you know, he's a product of us reaching out into the neighborhoods. And he was invited because someone gave him invitation. And you know where he found the Lord out doing evangelism. And from that point forward, God's put a call on his life. He's in Bible college, going to graduate this year, leads our evangelism team. And the scripture that comes to my mind for this awesome man of God standing before you is 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15, which is, for Christ's love compels us. Because we were all convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for him, them and was raised again. I believe Jared has accepted Christ, and he now wants to live for the one who died for him. Jared, would you share your testimony? Amen. Uh, God has been very good to me. Jesus has been a very great and uh, faithful, loyal a uh, friend to me, and uh, for the record, I was not wearing a trench coat. Um, but what what he's saying kind of resonates. Um, I had that demeanor about me, that way I carried myself, very angry. I had this this countenance about me, my face. You just you, people ask me, well, what's wrong with you? I said, nothing's wrong with me. Well, it's, it's just it's just in my face, I guess. And from when I was very young, you know, my mom would say, stop growling like a bear, and 
you know, just just carried myself such anger and heaviness. And uh, one of, one of uh, something that Pastor Joe said earlier uh, about Psalm 68, uh, verses five and six, talks about placing the lonely in families, <clears throat> and, and and being a father to the fatherless. And I can relate. My mom and dad divorced. When I was young, he moved out of state, so he's, he's pretty much out of the picture. I can't really see him on weekends because he's so far away. And uh, my stepdad came in and, and, and just uh, abusive, and it was un- unstable. And then I got picked on at school for being white and f- because of my weight also. And I was, I was not a happy camper. I was very angry at God. I was very bitter. Uh, I had kids' clubs at, at nearby churches that I would go to, but I would get in fights at those clubs. Um, I had a before Metro Praise. There was another youth group that um, they w- they would go around the neighborhood. They'd tell me and my friends about Jesus. We'd laugh at them, mock them, blow our cigarette smoke in their faces. Uh, I, and in all those times, I could have went to hell. Why? Jesus was reaching out, and I rejected him. I rejected time and time again. He offers that hand of friendship again and again. Different people. I had a pastor pour in my life. I'd ask him all kinds of questions and stuff. And 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 all that time, I didn't really know the Lord because there was a lot of pain, a lot of anger, and a lot of confusion. Uh, to fast forward, I wasted years. I, I, I lived in sin. I was a pornography addict, uh, a pothead. I had no purpose. I spent three years in community college on a two-year program. Anybody get that? Three years on a two-year program. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, no purpose, undecl- you know, undeclared as far as my major. And... Uh, Long story short, four years ago almost, I met Jesus. I met him uh, at this church, met him in, in, in the course of evangelism. Uh, I was agnostic at the time, but beyond any person's argument, Jesus revealed himself to me so powerfully. And I was never the same. I just knew, man, Jesus, you're real. Oh, snap. And whether I like it or not, I, I, I got to live for Jesus. And I knew I had to go full full force for Jesus from that time on because I, I, I took him at his word. I took him at what he said, who he was, and what he did. And I knew I had to live for God, and now I have a purpose. He says he places the lonely in families. He's given me a wonderful wife, serving in the ministry also, in, uh, in, in Bible college and these things. He's given me a purpose and a passion. And I'm, I'm actually uh, going to finish my three-year degree on time, praise God, and, and, and be a minister and show the world that Jesus is its best friend, praise God. Wow, what a powerful testimony, Jared coming to the Lord as a young man and God blessing him with a family. I want to ask that Stephanie would come. Stephanie represents someone from our youth group that's been touched in such a powerful way. The testimony that Stephanie has involves me in some way because in the youth group, I was speaking to the young adults and I was saying, guys, you know friends, but we're not seeing any of them come here. It's just the same group of us every week. And I said, you got to go out there and invite your friends. And they said, okay, pastor, we know. And the next week, nobody came. And I started holding one young lady accountable. And I said, I know you have friends and I know you can bring people. Well, I want you to bring them. God's going to change their life. And uh, the next week, I asked her, did you do it? And she said, no, she had totally forgot. This went on for about three to four weeks until finally one conversation, pastor with a senior, a girl that's in her senior year, she is almost to tears, about ready to quit herself. So instead of getting someone else to come to youth group, we're about ready to lose one of our youths and youth group. Are you all listening to me? 
But I felt so impressed that God had placed people in her life that she needed to get out of her shyness. A lot of times people are introspective. They're, a lot of times they're, you know, inward people. And we don't understand if we have the gift of Christ, we need to share it. So she went back that week and she said, Lord, bring somebody for me to share my faith with. That person was Stephanie. Stephanie heard the word of God through this young lady, gave her heart to Jesus, and now because of her there are family members that are here that are now serving the Lord in the scripture that comes to my mind. Amen. Praise God. Is Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. God speaking, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plan to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me, and I will come to you. You will pray, and I will listen. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I want you to hear Stephanie's testimony. Hi, everybody. Um, so when... Um I didn't really know that much about Jesus, but all I know is that um, this girl from my school, Jasmine, um, we are on the softball team together, so um, she she knew me from there. So one day that she decided to invite me, and so I was like, okay, you know, church. I've, I've been to church before, but, you know, I was expecting something new. And so when I had came, I remember seeing them during worship and just how free and just how joyful and just all the things that Jesus is able to give us, like, and it was just so beautiful just to see how how Jesus works in so many people's lives and, like, how he's the best friend to everyone. And, like, I, I was like, I want ha- I want to have him as my best friend, you know. And so I found myself getting closer to God and just seeing that his love was just enough, like, enough to just cover me, just to hold me, to keep me. And sure enough, you know, my family started coming and just – friends and I'm so thankful for what God is doing in everyone's life because I've met so many beautiful people here and their testimonies are just amazing as well. Praise God. What a testimony. Think about how many people in your life right now that you could share your faith with that could change their life and people around them. Think about that, those of you who already know Jesus. That's why we did this Bring a Friend Day, because I gave you the opportunity to invite your friend. And friends, thank you for coming. But think about when we leave here. Who are we going to share the good message with? Who are we going to reach out to and say, you know, from the softball team or at the water cooler at work or somebody that we share a hobby with, maybe at the gym, and say, can I share with you something? You may think this is a little weird, but let me just share. Jesus loves you. He died on the cross. My friends, if Jesus could hang naked on a cross for us, take the sins of the world, our shame upon him, how much more so can we represent him to our friends and family without being ashamed? Why? Because lives are at stake my friends people's lives are at stake let us look to the testimony of stephanie and see what we can do in the life of the people around us and in their lives the next people i'm going to call are very special and dear to my heart are jessica and salvador have what is probably the most touching uh, testimony at least in my heart that that uh, i i've ever heard because of how uh, tragic their situation was Uh, They've been a part of our church for seven years. We're there when we started off as a home Bible study. And uh, they've just always supported us. And, you know, that's a miracle in itself. Amen. Just to be a part of this church for seven years. Praise the Lord. And uh, you guys are awesome. And uh, it was just so exciting because uh, they're married. And we did, my wife and I, we did the ceremony. 
And uh, we love children here. Um, my wife and I, we're on number three. We're going to go for a dozen. Amen. We're just, we're going for a tribe. Praise the Lord. Um, and we're hoping for twins and triplets to make it easier along the way. So any prayer requests, just send it out there. Amen. It's so hard being pregnant. I could just keep you here all day telling you about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding, ladies. Okay, be nice. Um, and, and so when they got pregnant, just like everybody else, when we get pregnant, we get excited, you know. And uh, there was a complication in the pregnancy. Towards the end, they had to get rushed in, and, and uh, Jessica gave birth to Hezekiah prematurely. And we were called in, and we saw Hezekiah as a little baby, just a precious life, there being in the ICU and being taken care of. And we prayed and prayed and asked God, and I was with them with tears. But Hezekiah went home to be with the Lord. And this is something that I couldn't imagine, that I, I remember being in Bible college and them telling me that you'll, you're going to be there for people in times of tragedy. Uh, but I just was not prepared for it myself to help counsel someone through such a devastating loss, something that, that I couldn't even imagine. And the scripture that comes to my mind when I think of them is Isaiah 61.3 that said, God came to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, that they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And so I just uh, asked that Salvador would share about how God got them through that very tough situation. All right, well, definitely was the most uh, difficult time of life, uh, or life. But I believe that it was true, God, that we went through that situation the way we did. Uh, I'm not gonna lie; it was it was hard, and uh, anger came into my heart and, and depression and all that stuff. But the thing is, like, Jesus was right there in that moment with us, and and He did. Uh, he comforted us when when the words of friends and and other people didn't comfort us. His whisper was there and, and giving us peace. And uh, it was hard. It was. Like, so hard to go through that. So many questions I had in my mind. And, and the thing is, was, like, like when, when anger and when all those feelings were trying to get in our, in our hearts, he separated us from that. He restored our broken heart. He made us whole once again, and he gave us joy. He, he changed that situation into he gave us uh, more strength. And now we know that whatever comes, or comes in our way, whatever situation we have to face today, we know that we are not alone. We have a best friend. His name is Jesus. We know that we're not we're not by ourselves. We know that uh, whatever it doesn't matter what situation we have to face today, we have a friend that is uh, that's gonna help us through it. And that one of the things I learned for that is basically that. I mean, you can you can try to do all those things, go through situations. Situations are gonna be there. It doesn't matter if you follow Jesus or not. But the thing are you gonna face him by yourself? Or are you gonna face him with the help of a friend? And uh, that's the reason Jesus was our best friend, because he was there with us when we needed him. Praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing that powerful testimony. I knew of a Bible college student that I went to school with for many years, could preach better than me, sing better than me. This man was so anointed. I actually even had jealousy towards him at different times, how gifted this young man was in ministry. But his wife had a miscarriage, and the baby passed away, very similar with it with happened with Jessica and Salvador 
He turned his back on God and just recently, after seven years of being away from the Lord, has come back to Jesus. My friend, there are things in life that can rock you so hard that can make you question, is Jesus still my friend? Is Jesus still with me? Why did this happen, God? How could you let this happen? What about all these other bad people? Why do they have children? We can make up all of these excuses and things in our heart, but I want to comfort you today with the words of Jesus. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil. His rod and staff, they will comfort you. Jesus is a best friend, even on bad days, when bad things happen to good people. You read the Bible, it's not filled with people having a relationship with a genie in a bottle. That's why I love the Bible. We're not here to try to bribe you to be a Christian. We're here to show you that without Christ, your life is meaningless. We're here to show you that bad things happen to both good and bad people. But the difference is, how are you going to go through those times? My, my mother lost her daughter, my sister, to drinking and driving. First funeral I ever did was for my sister in a casket, hit a pole going 70 miles an hour, and I'm watching my mother go through the loss of losing her daughter. My brother and my sister have still not recovered, and it's been over 10 years. They went deeper into alcoholism and abuse, into drugs and addiction. But my mother said at a certain time, about six weeks in, the grieving, the pain, it was normal, but about six weeks in, she felt that it was turning toward depression, that it was going to steal the joy of her life. And she also called to God. And I watched my mother have a broken heart healed. How much more for all of us here today, friends? If God can walk with Jessica and Salvador through these times of their life, if God can walk through people who have suffered great loss, even as Christians, God can walk with you. Amen. Amen. The next testimony is another very special one. I would like to call up Jerry. Uh, she's just an awesome young lady for the Lord. We love to evangelize and to hand out flyers and give invitations here in the church. And one of the reasons why we love to do it is because of uh, people like Jerry. I got to meet her father, and her father is just an awesome man. And I know her mother is just as, as blessed as well. And uh, the story with Jerry is of the prodigal daughter. You know, we think about these times we were brought up in the church, but how many of us, and I raise my hand to this, have walked away at some point in our life. Jerry was that young woman as the prodigal daughter going away from God, and God brought her to this church because of a flyer that was on the floor. She picked it up off the ground, came to church hoping that God would give her one more chance, and God set her free and changed her life. This is a scripture coming from the story of the prodigal son that I think of when I think of Jerry, Luke 15, 17 and onward. When he came to his senses, this is the prodigal son, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. So he realizes he spent all of his money, and now he is living as a beggar, and he's poor. And he says, If I go home, I can be like a servant, because at least my father's servants get well fed. He said, I will go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So here he humbles himself and says, Father, even if I'm not even a son to you anymore, and you just have me work the fields, I want you to forgive me and I want to come home. So he got up 
and he went to his father. But while he was a long way off, listen to what the father does. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. That is the story of the prodigal son. And I want you to hear the story of the prodigal daughter. Amen. Jesus is my best friend because he took me from a prodigal child and gave me a purpose. I wasn't just a prodigal child once, but twice. (laughs) Uh, Backsliding seemed to be a pattern I fell into, and some of my friends would tell you that, oh, it's it's just Jerry. And... I'll say that, you know, from the time I was little to the time I was a teenager, I I wanted God. I had, I knew that he had something special for me, but somewhere along the lines, I just lost my way. I, I wasn't hanging out with the right people, and I had no one to blame but myself. I didn't have, like, my parents loved God, and he, they prayed for me. They prayed for their children, and I can't say it was bad parenting because I had a blessed childhood. And I can say that I fell away. I fell into sexual sin at a young age. And it was just a downward spiral from there. Um, I turned to drinking. I turned to drugs. And I turned to being promiscuous. And the devil will use that. And he did. And it's like, well, once you give away your purity, then you can give it away again. And you can give it away again. And that's where I found myself. And it was coming back. And I came back to Christ, and I thought I was living for him, but I went through, uh, I married a person that I thought was the right one, and it turned out being the wrong one, and my marriage fell apart, and I again fell back into the world of drinking and sex and drugs and rock and roll. (laughs) And, And it was this broken place I found myself, and I moved to Chicago. I packed up everything that... I could fit in my little Honda Civic, and I drove to Chicago. I'm like, I need, I need something new. And it was about a year after living here, and I, just, I was going back through some old journal entries, and I just kept seeing, just crying out, just saying, I want to return to God. Last year, I was looking at some of my resolutions, and one of them was get to know God again. And it still took <laughs> months. And it was just these little things where I'm going, God, Save me, because I'm ashamed. Bless my family, even though I'm broken. And, and it was like, God, if I'm going to go back to church, give me a place where you live. Give me a place where people actually love you and not just say that they do. And I found a flyer on the ground, and I said, well, this looks like a Christian church. I'll go there. And came, and then three weeks after that, I came back, and I just gave my heart to God. And I said, I'm not turning back. I'm going to keep going forward. I'm going to keep pushing forward because I'm tired of being busted and disgusted. And I'm tired of having adulterous relationships. And I cut it off like that day. I gave my life to Christ October 3rd of 2010. And I haven't looked back. Can we just give everybody a hand clap for sharing their testimonies? Amen. I want to give you three points today. 
about Jesus being your best friend. Give you three points before we close out today because I believe that the Word of God is going to speak to you now if it hasn't already through these testimonies. The first point that I want you to see is that Jesus is a friend of sinners. Turn with me to Matthew 11, verse 19. And as I said before, my friends, we're all born sinners. And if you're in the attitude right now that you're not a sinner, you have one of the worst sins there are, and that is pride, okay? So let me help you come under the judgment of God today so that you can accept the good news of Christ. If you have told a lie, you have broken the commandments of the Lord. If you have taken something that does not belong to you, you have broken the Lord's commandment. If you have lusted in your heart towards another, you have broken his commandment. If you have taken his name in vain, you have broken his commandment. If you have coveted after somebody else's goods, you have broken the commandments of God. If you have put anything before the Lord your God, you have put things, idols like this, you have broken his commandments. My Friends, without the mercy of Jesus Christ, we are all guilty as sinners and deserve the wrath of God. Now, this preaching may not be popular, but I'm going to make it popular again in Jesus' name. We're going to popularize the gospel of Jesus Christ here. Listen to me, my friends. You were not born halfway good, and you're going to work your way up there, and Jesus is going to give you a boost on the rest of the 10%. God is not here to make good people better. Jesus came to make dead people live. Without Jesus Christ in a born-again relationship, you are lost on your way to hell, my friend. You need to hear this preaching today. Do not buy the lie of your good works will outdo your sin. That is a lie of Islam that on judgment day, if you have more good than bad, you will be okay. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You will stand before Christ and if there is one sin upon your life, you will be judged guilty as a sinner and damned to the lake of fire for eternity. It is only by the blood of Jesus Christ that you can be saved. My friends, you are on a ship that is sinking. Jesus Christ is the only lifeboat. And he's not going to be the Lord of part of your life, some of your life. He has declared that he is the Lord of glory. So he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. You need to come to Jesus Christ and repent of your sins. Not make excuses for sins. Not say, I'll do better next time. And not get on the rat wheel of good works. Say, I'll work the sin out myself. You can't make your car clean enough, my friends. Bring it to the car wash of Jesus Christ because he can make a dirty heart clean. Can you say amen? Put up the scripture for me, please, brother. Matthew eleven nineteen. This is what he was accused of. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say he is a glutton, a drunkard, and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. I thank God that he is a friend of sinners. You see, today, if you are in sin, Jesus Christ wants to be your friend. Jesus Christ wants to be your friend. I want you to see the Word of God demonstrated up on this screen right here. The Word of God declares to you today, He is a friend of sinners. Some people ask me, Pastor, when will Jesus stop being my friend? I want everyone to look up at me here. Everyone look up at me here. Jesus will stop being your friend the day you die. If you have not repented of your sins, he will become your judge on that day. Some of you think the day you die, you're going to have a discussion with Jesus, and you're going to have a deal with him about the things you did wrong here, and it's going to be made right. You need to read your Bible. The rich man went to hell, and they're perishing. He cried out for mercy. He was given no mercy. He asked that someone would just dip their finger in water and bring it to cool his tongue, for the flames were hot. Hell is real, and God would not even allow it to happen. If you do not accept his friendship here it is lost for eternity when you die 
If you're in the land of the living, you have a special privilege today. Things that fallen angels like demons and the devil never have. You have a second chance at life. Jesus Christ is knocking at the door of your heart. He says, I know you're a sinner, but I'll be your friend. I'll forgive you. I've watched what you did last night, but I'll still be your friend. I've been there in the room when you've done secret things that are against me. But he's knocking at your heart saying, will you let me in? He knocks at your heart. The question, my friend, isn't whether or not God is your friend. The question is, are you God's friend? Are you the kind of sinner that wants to be rebellious and have a hard heart towards God? Well, God, I won't do it your way. I was born this way. And you justify your action. Well, I'm better than others. Well, I'm not a Hitler. I'm not as worse as others. Or are you the kind of sinner that says, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I am the one that has sinned. I am the one that has broken and transgressed your law. And so the good news is today, for those that can admit and confess their sin, Jesus will be your BFF, baby. He will be a friend that will stick closer than a brother. There is nothing that will separate you from his love. Wherever you go, Jesus will be there with you. So today, accept his friendship. Jesus is a friend of sinners number two jesus is a friend of the hurting john eleven eleven speaks about jesus and lazarus do you know that jesus is a friend to those who hurt in this world he knows there's pain. He knows there's disappointment. Jesus has seen every tear you've ever cried. If you ever think that God doesn't know your pain, you need to look to the cross. You know what the cross of Jesus Christ says? He knows your pain. There upon that cross, he took your sorrows. There on that cross, he took all of your sickness. In your sins, Jesus Christ hanging there understands the pain that you're feeling today. He's the only one that can say, I know what it feels like. To be heard on the inside. That is Jesus, my friends. Listen to what he says about Lazarus. John eleven eleven. Lazarus has passed away and died. After he had said this, he went to tell them, our friend. Everybody say friend. Aren't you glad he calls you friend? Come on, say our friend. Thank you. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. That means he's died. But I'm going there to wake him up. I got some good news for those who have had a whole lot of bad news in their life. You may be wrecked. You may be hurt. Somebody may have destroyed your life. You may have destroyed your own life by the decisions you made. But I got something to tell you. Your friend Jesus, he's coming to wake you up. Jesus is coming to change the situation in your life. When Jesus showed up to Lazarus, he called him for out the grave and I want to give you a promise today from the word of God everybody is getting a resurrection life and here in this world we're getting power to overcome the devil and all of his his attacks against us Jesus is a friend of the hurting you don't have to go through depression alone you don't have to go through addiction alone you don't have to go through a divorce alone call on Jesus he'll come to you and he will change your situation I still believe in a God who does miracles I still believe in a God who restores marriages I still believe in a God who saves lost sons and daughters who saves teenagers who can change a generation our friend Jesus wants to heal the broken hearted Come on, somebody. He sees our hurts and our pains, and he says, tell him I'm coming. Tell him I'm coming. I've been sent here to tell you Jesus is coming your way. Well, pastor, I don't see it change immediately. You hold on to Jesus, my friends. Hold on to him through the storms of your life. He is the anchor, the Bible says, of your soul. When everything else is dark, look to the light. 
Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The Father, the Bible says, dwells in everlasting light. In Him there is no shifting shadow or of change. Every good and perfect gift comes from Him. Don't let the shadow lands down here in the howling of, of our enemy scare you away from our Father and from the Son and the Holy Spirit upon this earth. Even if you suffer persecution unto death, stay close to Jesus Christ. He will walk with you through the pains and troubles of this world. Read the book of Job. Read what the heroes of faith went through in Hebrews chapter 11 and encourage yourself. Wherefore, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every sin and weight that so easily besets us and let us look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. You look to Jesus, my friend. I'm preaching to somebody today. Number three, Jesus is a friend to disciples. Jesus is a friend to sinners. Jesus is a friend to the hurting. And Jesus is a friend to disciples. John 15, 12. How many disciples do we have in the place today? How many sold out disciples of Jesus Christ? Guess what? He's your friend. He doesn't stop being your friend. You know, sometimes when you get somebody that's a little selfish about their birthday parties, they just want all their friends to come to the birthday party, and they just ignore everybody. Jesus will never ignore you. I'm still Jesus' number one friend. You might say, well, I'm his number one. You know what? We're all his number one friend. Our God is so big and so great. He's got time for each and every one of us. Jesus never gets too busy where he says, Joe, I'm sorry. I can't hang out with you. I just got to spend time with Joe Losteen today. I'm sorry. I got to help him out. No, you know what? God is never too busy. God doesn't say to you, well, you know what? You've been struggling as a disciple. I don't have time for you today. No, Jesus is always there. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I've been walking with the Lord 16 years. I added up these times I spent with the Lord at least two hours on average of consecration over these 16 years with the Lord. You know how many hours that's been with the Lord? 11,000 plus hours. That's over, listen to me, that's over 424 hour days I have spent alone with the Lord in private prayer and devotion. And can I tell you right now today on October 30th, 2011, I just want one more more day with the king i just want one more moment with my savior jesus christ some people say i've gotten bored with my prayer time i've gotten bored with church you know why because you're backslidden and boring but god is never boring he's still the creator of the universe his glory still shines pleasures forevermore at his right hand fullness of joy in his presence power on the inside of you to change the world He's still good, my friends. He's still exciting. Disciples, let me encourage you today. Be a best friend with Jesus. Woo, come on, somebody. John 15, 12, this is what Jesus said to his closest companions. He said, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. It's all about love, isn't it? Somebody say love. Thank you. Verse 13, greater love has no man than this that he laid down his life for his friends. Who did Jesus lay down his life for? His friends. Thank you. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Would you stand up here today, please? Come on, band, would you come? Can we bless the Lord for his word today, telling us we're friends of God? Praise him. God is worth it. 
The question today, my, my friend, isn't whether or not God is your friend. Uh, if God wants to be your friend, the question is, do you want to be God's friend? I made a decision a long time ago. And I'm only 34 years old, so it wasn't that long ago, so bear with me. But way back when, I made a decision that Jesus would be my best friend in life. 18 years old, high school dropout, November 5th, 1995, I made a decision at my mother's kitchen table. I will let Jesus be the number one of my life. I haven't regretted it since. You've heard stories today of others who have done the same thing. My question to you is, is he your best friend? Could it be said about you and Jesus, you're this close? Would Jesus in heaven say of you, they're always in my presence. They're always talking to me. They're always singing. Would God say of you, you are my chosen one. You are my friend. So many times we look at God as that genie in the bottle or we look at God in even a lesser light. Our behavior many times makes God out to be a call girl, like a prostitute. See, a prostitute gives intimacy on money and on demand of the client. And so many times we come to church or read our Bible and we expect God to come to us. Come, God. Come. I got some money. I got something to give you. And we want him then to go one step further. We then want him to be intimate with us, to touch our heart, to reveal his deepest secrets with us. And yet that's like with a call girl. We leave him the very next moment. We go about our life and we say, Jesus, you stay here. I don't want you on the job with me, Jesus. I don't want my family to see you, Jesus. Jesus, this is just our little secret affair. When I need you, you come, you're intimate with me, and then I just send you away like a call girl. But you know what he's looking for? He's looking for us to treat him as our husband, as the bride of Christ. That's what we are. And to say to Jesus, I'm not ashamed of you. As a matter of fact, I can't live without you. I can't make it without you. I want to be where you are. I want you to be in my life. I want my friends to know you. I want you to be with me on the job. I want you to be wherever I am. Jesus, be the lover of my soul today. Wrap me in your arms. God is looking for people who are lovesick for him. He's not looking for a one night stand he's looking for a marriage that's why he calls the church the bride of Christ he's looking for a relationship between us and him and he is such a gentleman that he'll never force it he'll never kick down the door of your life and say here I am I'm God I'm going to shut off the TV your TV explodes building starts shaking I'm going to spend no he never he never forces his hand. He just waits. He just waits. The day I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, some, so many have told me they felt this way. The day I gave my life to Jesus, November 5th, it was such an overwhelming sense of acceptance and forgiveness. The very first thought I had was, God, why didn't I do this sooner? 
why didn't I do this sooner? I was so ashamed. I let the devil make me feel so afraid of you. I had turned my back. Why didn't I do this sooner? You were the best friend I ever had. Don't walk out of here with regrets today. I'm going to open up the altar as our altar workers come. We're going to sing a song in closing. Please don't go until we dismiss. Please, we're going to sing a song, dismiss, and please get your free gift as well on the way out to cafe for everybody, just some candy, and then for the first time visitors, we're going to give you a great big box of candy. We're going to pray for three groups of people, just as the message went, for those that need Jesus to forgive them of sin, for those that need Jesus to heal, And for those that may be disciples of Jesus but would say, I just want a fresh touch. I just want want a honeymoon with Jesus again. I want to renew my vows. Let's pray. Would you bow your head, close your eyes with me in this house. Lord, we thank you today that you have spoken to us by your word about your friendship. Your friendship is so intimate. Your love, God, is so beautiful. We wouldn't want to trade it for anything. But, Lord, if there's any here today, God, that need to be forgiven of sin or healed of broken hearts, Lord, or given a fresh rejuvenation, God, I pray that here you restart a friendship with them deeper than it's ever gone before. In Jesus' name, as the band begins to sing and play right now, I'm going to start praying for those that need to come and receive forgiveness of sin. If that's you, would you just start making your way right now? For the rest of us, would you sing and just encourage the presence of the Lord in here? As we ask for those that have sin to come, would you come now as I pray? Lord, forgive sinners today of sin. Let no one stay the way they came, God. Let sins be forgiven and dealt with at these altars right now. In Jesus' name, if we are singing, you're singing with a pure heart. If you're not with a pure heart, would you come and receive one right now? Come on. Jesus. Would you turn up Adam for me so we can hear him? Come on, man. Let's worship as people come and receive forgiveness. Forgiveness. Washing the heart clean today. Jesus loves you. Would you just sing with a pure heart today? I'm coming the way of the Lord. Forgiveness, God. Mercy flows. Let the mercy of God flow today. Jesus. Mercy of God flow. Flow, great mercy of God. Come on, just a few more moments. Those who need forgiveness, would you come? We just want to help you reconnect with Jesus today. We break the powers of Satan over these lives right now. New life is yours in Jesus' name. Satan, go. Loose him now in Jesus' name. Jesus. Jesus. Now 
if you're sick in your body, we still got prayer workers, or you have a heal, uh, uh, an emotional hurt, and you need to be healed on the inside, would you come forward right now? I'm going to pray for broken hearts to be healed. Jesus, heal the broken hearts. Would you just come down just a little? Come on, I'm going to pray for broken hearts. Those of you, don't be ashamed if you've been hurt in life. You feel lonely or you're going through a sickness. God is the physical healer of our earthly diseases and afflictions. And he's the spiritual healer of our heart, our soul, those emotions that have been torn and hurt. I just pray you would come right now as I just begin to pray for healing over broken lives. God, heal right now. Heal in the name of Jesus. Heal, God. Let every body part be restored right now. Let every heart issue be dealt with. Let things of the past be broken. In the name of Jesus, we're going to sing again. If you need healing of any kind, would you just come right now? Come on. Healing is yours. It is the children's bread today. This is what we're going to do before we leave. Just keep praying. Those who are receiving healing and forgiveness, I want to pray for every disciple, whether you're in a place where you're not supposed to be or if you want a fresh fire, just to come up to these altars. Just stand behind those right now. Let's sing fire fall down, please. Thank you. And let's just cry out for a fresh fire today. Come on, disciples who are hungry for more of the Lord. Jesus is your friend. He wants you to receive more of him. No one's here to judge you. You could be just as on fire as all get up, but you know you just want more. You're hungry. Would you guys just come and line up behind these here? And can we just raise up our hands? I'm hungry with you today. We'll dismiss in just a moment. We're going to put up the words if you want to sing it at your seat, but I would really encourage you just to come forward just to get hungry for more of God today. God, set us ablaze for you. God, let your fire fall in this house right now. Jesus, fall on me, Jesus. God, each one of your disciples up here today, fresh fire, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. We want to know you more than we ever have, God. Come on, just the ladies. Ladies, sing it out. Come on, ladies.
ladies hungry for more of the Lord. Mighty Deborahs of the Spirit. Come on, ladies, one more time. Let the Lord use you as you sing. Thank you, God, for women that love you. Jesus. Come on now, just the fellas. Sing it out, fellas, with the heart of God. Come on, fellas, don't be ashamed. Sing with whatever voice God gave you. Come on now, every voice lifted across this congregation. Fire! All in this house, in Jesus' name. If you still need prayer, would you come before we dismiss today? Come on, the rest of us, call out today for God's fire. Fall down on us. Just a few more times. I'm so hungry for your fire, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Fire, fall down on us, we pray. Send your fire, Lord. Just everybody, but softly as a heart of prayer. Come on. Fire, fall down. Fire, fall down on us. Sounds so beautiful. Can we just sing it one more time to God? Fire, fall down. Fire, fall down on us. We we're going to pray a prayer dismissal for those that need to go. And we ask that you would get those gifts that we have for you. But we're going to keep these altars open. And those who are praying and seeking God, we're here for you. Any needs you may have. Adam, would you just dismiss us in the presence of the Lord today? Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence in this place. We say have your way, Father God, not just in this service, but when we leave today, Father, those words that were spoken today, Father, we felt your power. Father, we felt the conviction of the Lord today. And God, we pray that this wouldn't just be emotions, God, but we pray, God, that you would follow us, God. We're so thankful for the hearts that were changed today, Father, the bodies that were healed today. God, we just ask that you be with every person here today, God. We bless your name. Have your way in our families, in our jobs, in our homes, wherever we leave. God, may your presence go with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we bless the Lord for his fire falling? Amen. We're going to keep worshiping. Stay as long as you want. God bless those that have to go. We'll see you at Life Groups. Have a wonderful week.